when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. So glad to be with you. We are at 55 star ratings on iTunes. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Cookie Meister, who said, as a trial attorney for well over three decades, Sari's advice and insights are indispensable to improving as an advocate. I especially recommend episode 32, which deals with a very difficult topic, how to talk about money in Wadir. It was very instructive and reassuring in helping me discuss this topic and knowing what to expect from the prospective jurors. Thank you, Cookie Meister. And just a reminder to those of you who have not yet reviewed the podcast or the book, please do so. I have a goal, people, and I want to meet it. So just give us a review over at iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, if you haven't already reviewed the book, you can do that at trialguides.com. Thank you in advance. All right. Well, today we're talking about powerful questions. We're going to talk about what they are, why you need to use them, and how to create them. You know, powerful questions came into my lexicon and into my world when I started my coach's training. And it was funny, Kevin was talking to his coach the other day about our work and and his coach said, oh my goodness, you guys are training trial attorneys to become coaches. And in many ways, we are. So let me explain what I mean by that. You know, when I first got into coaching, I thought probably what many of you thought that a life coach or a coach is someone who tells you what to do (laughs) and problem solves with you and and fixes your life. And that is not what it is at all. In fact, yesterday I was just completing with a client and I said, what surprised you about coaching? And she said, you know, it was so surprising um, because I thought that I would come in here and you would give me homework and I'd have all these things that I'd have to do and I'd have to report back to you. And I'm so glad that that's not what it ended up being. And I think that's what most people believe and think about coaching is that the coach tells you what to do and you go out and do it and you get in trouble if you don't. And that's not what coaching is, at least the type of coaching that I am and Coach K here at... Um, at, um, sorry, DLM are trained in and eventually June and our other coaches will be trained in it. it, it, The CTI or coactive model is all about recognizing that the client has everything they need. And our job is to ask powerful questions along with a ton of other coaching skills, of course, but to ask powerful questions and to get that from the client and that they realize their own answer has always been there. They just couldn't see it. Now, what I want to point out to you is that this is very, very similar to the methodology behind From Hostage to Hero when it comes to jurors. We firmly believe that the jurors have inside of them everything that you need to get them invested in your case, your case themes, and and bring a verdict to uh, your your client. And what's happened is that y'all don't believe that. 
you believe that you need to persuade and cajole and influence and have all tons of charisma and use all these gimmicks and manipulations and and you really don't. The jurors have everything that you, the attorney, needs and also everything the juror needs in order to get on board. And it really starts by recognizing the power of powerful questions. So I want to, I want to, when we talk about what a powerful question is, uh, this is how I define what a powerful question is, is that it causes your listener, meaning the person that you're asking the question of, to go introspective versus informational. Meaning when you ask the question, you are having your listener either have to think about it for a minute and go inside and check in with themselves or they're regurgitating information. You know, every question sends someone somewhere. The question is, where do you want them to go? And that's what I want to talk about, is because where we have jurors go is really determining the quality of our voir dire. If you think about, for example, goals, and we're going to be talking about this in our um, New Year's Day podcast episode, so be sure to tune in that day. Um, But when we think about goals, whatever it is that you want, it's not necessarily that you want that thing, okay? If you want to lose weight, it's not necessarily that you want to be at a certain weight, or if you want a certain amount of money uh, saved, it's not that you want that certain amount of money. What you really, truly want is a feeling because you think that being at a certain weight is going to make you feel a certain way or you think having a certain amount of money is going to make you feel a certain way. In other words, what we're chasing always, this is human behavior, is feelings. We're always chasing feelings and that's why emotions often, if not most of the time, motivate human behavior. We love to think that we are all these logical uh, creatures that think logically and, and, and make decisions from that place. The research shows that most of our decision making comes from an emotional place. And in fact, we feel a way, a gut feeling, so to speak, and then we use our brain to justify that feeling. And so then we think it came from our brain. Jurors, as you know, are also human. (laughs) And this is also how they think. And therefore, if what we want to do is to get them on board, we need to go to their emotional place, not their thinking place. And you've you've attempted this. The the, the best attempt that I've seen from, from trial attorneys is the question, how do you feel about that? Or what are your feelings about that? Notice next time you ask that question, how do jurors answer? Most every time they'll answer like this. Well, I think, notice how they don't say I feel, I think. So asking about feelings is not the same thing as getting to feelings. Now, what this really comes down to is what is your intent? If your intent in voir dire is to gather information, then that's why we're going off the rails because it, that's what's causing the information regurgitating type of answers because what we're looking for is information. I'm going to suggest that what we really want to do and what the From Hostage to Hero Method is all about 
is instead of gathering information in voir dire, oftentimes meaningless information, what we're really attempting to do is to move from information to investment. We want jurors invested in our case themes and in what this means for the community and what this means to them personally. We will never, ever get there if we do not use powerful questions. Because powerful questions get to who people are and what things mean and what they find meaningful. Now, here's the bonus is when you use powerful questions and you change and shape the conversation now to be about meaning versus information, you also start to create a connection between jurors because now they start to see who believes like them. Right? We're not connected to people based on experiences necessarily, right? Who here's been in a car crash? People raise their hand. I don't feel connected to them if I've been in a car crash. It's like I don't feel connected to someone who bought the same shirt I did at Target. That's not a real connection just because we had the same experience or wearing the same shirt. What connects us is the meaning behind that experience. You know, I think about a Wadir Circle in the H2H crew our paid membership, and we were working on voir dire, and, and one attorney gets to go, and the other attorneys are playing uh, jurors, and it was an employment case, and they the attorney was asking about um, employment, um, you know, experiences, basically, and uh, one attorney answered that he had worked for his dad, and come to find out two other attorneys had worked for their dad. Now, that's not what necessarily connected them. It was the conversation around how much harder the dads were on the sons versus uh, other employees. That's what the connection was about. That was the shared experience is the emotional connection or the meaning of how unfair that felt to be treated differently than other employees because you were related to the boss. It's not the fact of just we all had a dad as boss. So, so the bonus is not only do jurors get more invested in your case when you use powerful questions, they also become connected to each other. It's much more likely that they get become connected to each other. So that's the why. <laughs> that's the why of the, of the powerful questions. And the what is the introspective versus informational. So let's now talk about how. How do you ask powerful questions? So it was funny when we did the powerful questions training in the um, H2H crew. By the way, um, we're calling it the H2H crew now instead of the H2H membership. But those guys and gals have all always been called crew members. In fact, when you join, you're, you're um, named crewby until the next open and then you graduate to a crew member. Um, the reason we changed the name to H2H crew, uh, at least in the Facebook group, is because people are getting confused. If you're in the From Hostage to Hero Facebook group, that's our free group with nearly 900 members. And that's where you can discuss this podcast and the book and connect with each other and have all sorts of fun. But people were getting confused when the membership would open because they're like, aren't I already a member of From Hostage to Hero? Well, yes, if you are in the free Facebook group, but if you want to become a H2H crew member, that's our paid subscription where you get to 
a chance to get a live training from me every month. Um, they're all recorded. So if you don't, um, you're not able to attend live, you you can look at it later. That's where you get to practice voir dire every month. That's where you get nonverbal feedback every month. That's where you get mindset coaching every month. That's where you get case workshop every month. That's where you get guest webinars every month. It's really awesome. And it's going to be opening again, but only for three days in January. So do not miss your opportunity to become a crew member in the H2H crew. So we were in there doing the powerful questions training and someone was like, I came into this training and I was so nervous because I was like, this is going to be all complicated. It's not. It's not. So let me just warn you ahead of time that using powerful questions is, is not a hard thing to do. It takes some practice, yes, to get out of your old patterns of how you tend to ask questions, but it's not difficult or hard. Here's the basic gist. Really, it's two pieces. The first piece is that most powerful questions start with how or what. Now, I want you to notice that most of the questions I hear you using start with do, does, or is. Now, notice the difference. So, for example, if I ask a juror, um, did that have an impact on you? Or does that have an impact on you? right? So a D question, right? Do, does, did. Did that have an impact on you? The juror can say yes or no. It's closed-ended. It's not open-ended, which is the second piece of powerful questions. But if I ask, how did that impact you? Or what impact did that have? Do you see how the tenor of the question changes? The energy changes? There's a curiosity now. It's not information gathering. So the first question had a tinge of <laughs> introspection and I have to go and I have to think about it, um, but it doesn't quite get there. The how or the what. Not that every powerful question starts with how or what, but I would say most do. So start tuning in to whether you're using the do, does, is questions versus the how or what questions. And as I also said, they keep them open-ended so that there's a variety of different uh, answers that a juror can give you. And here's what I think is also really important, is that when we have those open-ended how-what questions, the juror gets to self-select what they share with you. And that's very powerful because sometimes our questions are so narrow that the juror, yes, answers our question, but there's something else in there that was important that if we had left the space for them to share that with us by asking an open-ended, powerful question, we would have gotten exactly what we needed for our case. But because our question was so narrow and close-ended, yeah, they did their job. They answered our question, but we didn't get anything out of it. So it's really important to have these powerful questions, not so that they just get introspective, but so that they also have an opportunity to self-select what they're going to share with you because they know better than us what's important, right? And that really brings us to this, this whole sense of how easy it is to answer the question. If your questions are information gathering only, it should be very easy to answer them. What's your address? Boom. How old are you? Boom. Have you ever been in a car crash? Boom. Nobody needs to stop and think with those questions, do they? That tells you right off the bat they're not a powerful question. But when you ask a powerful question, what normally happens, this is how you can kind of check as you play with this, is they'll go, hmm, well, let me think about that. Or that's a great question. 
right? Because that's forcing them to go inside. Remember, every question you ask sends someone somewhere. Where do we want them to go? We don't want jurors to go to their heads. We want them to go to their hearts. We want them to go inside. Because the closer we can get to who jurors are as people and then connect our case themes to that, not to their experiences, not to what they're reading, not what to news shows they, they watch, but to who they are as people, the closer we get to that, the more likely it is that we will get a verdict. Why? Because it's personal. Everybody listens to WIFM. Everybody. What's in it for me? And so as the jurors start to talk about what's meaningful to them and how that impacted them and what's important about that and, and what kind of world they want to live in, right? And you start to fit your trial into that worldview, that's when things get good. But listen, this isn't a gimmick. Powerful questions aren't gimmick. It's another, another thing to, for you to quote unquote try at trial. This is a way of being. You actually have to care and get super curious about these jurors, especially the ones that don't agree with you, at least on the surface. You got to dig in and get curious and be vulnerable and listen. You know, in the, in the H2H crew that we did this, this last Q4, the first month was powerful questions. Guess what second month was? Levels of listening. Because none of this is going to work if once the juror starts talking, you're not actually in your, in your listening place. Because the powerful question gets us started, but it's only the start. It's all in the follow-up. It's all in hearing what the juror says and start starting to get intensely curious and following up on that. Ooh, tell me more about that. Ah, what was that like? Ooh, how important is? You might recognize my three standard follow-up questions right there. It's in the follow-up. It's in the getting curious. It's in the chasing resonance, which was our third this month, uh, resonant conversations. And by the way, if you join the membership in January, you'll have access to all of these trainings. We don't cut them off from you. You can go back to when we started in August and watch every single training. You get all of that whenever you, whenever you join. But it's not just about the powerful questions. So I want to be really careful that this isn't a gimmick. It has to be uh, paired with that levels of listening and then it also has to be the chasing the resonance, things you will learn in the H2H crew. But for now, what I want you to be thinking about is how can I get away from information gathering and move toward getting jurors invested? It starts with asking a powerful question that makes them go inside and get introspective because that will get more toward their emotions and we know emotions motivate behavior. All right, you have lots of opportunities to practice this month, even though we're not getting together with family, uh, many of us, uh, you probably will still be talking over Zoom or phone or in your own family. I know powerful questions are hugely um, transformative with children. We don't tend to ask them those types of questions. Ask your kid the next time you see them a powerful question. What's important about that when they give you a drawing? Right? So... That's where we want to play with this. You know, I hear so often, you know, I don't have opportunities to practice my trial skills. Listen, trial skills are communication skills, period. They're just in a different context. You have thousands of opportunities to practice your trial skills. So go out there and do it. 
This is the time as we're all on hold to get your conversational skills down, to get your listening down, to get intensely curious about the very people you live with. Start there, for Christ's sakes. Then you can get curious with your jurors, your witnesses, your clients. All right. Happy holidays, my friends. We'll be talking again soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.